I'm Pastor Gerald Rico, and this message is a part of our online ministry here at River of Life in Menominee, Wisconsin. To find out more about us, please visit our website, riveroflife.co. Again, that is riveroflife.co. But for now, prepare your heart and enjoy this message. Well, happy Thanksgiving. We are excited that you're here. I I've been saying that every week, um, but actually this week we can actually say we're leaning into Thanksgiving. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to our Facebook family that are joining us now. Uh, We are excited for what God has been doing uh, through this series as we've been looking at the power of thanks, but I have a confession to make. Part of the reason why I've been spending so much time working on sharing these thoughts with you is this is something that I, I struggle with. Like, it's not that I'm an unthankful person, but it's very easy for me to receive something and then just kind of move on without saying proper thanks. Uh, case in point, uh, right before the, or right as the football season was starting, my, one of my uncles and aunts sent me this gorgeous uh, Chicago Bears starter jacket from the 80. Five bears when they won the Super Bowl. Like, they found, like, a, an authentic one down in Arizona. It was in pristine condition. I mean, just, it looked like somebody had babied it, and then some relative ended up putting it in a thrift store. <laughs> and so, uh, but, but it's mine now, so I'm excited to have it. And I just got a thank you note in the mail to, uh, this week. So it's like, man, I, I feel terrible. Like, they gave me this great gift, and it took me so long to get it out. I was kind of hoping I could say it brought the Bears a little bit of luck in the first couple of games, but I I was waiting for that and waiting for that, and that just didn't happen. (laughs) So, but I mean, I don't want to be like one of the kids we saw this week. Like Anna and I on Friday, we went out to Target, and we were going through an aisle, and all of a sudden there was this child having a full-on meltdown. I want this one, and I want that one, but mine, just like going crazy in the aisle, and as they're walking away, or as we're walking away, I look at, and I'm like, sermon illustration right there, uh, but, but I mean, we don't like that kid, right? We, we, don't, we don't like the, those people who, you know, they, they think they deserve everything. <laughs> we won't do that, but, but yeah, so, you know, but we, 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 we think that, we look at those people and we're like, man, they're spoiled. They're, and, and, and the truth is, we go through life every day. We receive so many blessings from God. And unless we are intentional, it's so easy for us to act just like that. But God, I wanted that too. Or Thanks for the blessing, and now I'm going to go on with my life. And we don't actually stop and say thank you. We don't actually stop and worship him for the things that he does. And that's why through this series, I've really been trying to help us develop habits of thanksgiving, where we look for every day. And so the question becomes for us as Christians, do we want to be greedy or grateful? Do we want to be the kind of people that just expect God to do good things for us and get upset when he doesn't do them in the pre-prescribed way that we want them? 
Or are we people who are combing through our days, looking for reasons to praise God, looking for opportunities to say thank you? I think when we foster that, we are more apt to see more of God's goodness. Both the stuff that we're missing and the fact that God loves to pour out ungrateful hearts. We're going to read a story today about a time where Jesus was on his way traveling. And in the midst of his travels, he was approached by a handful of people. And those people all received something from God, but they all, not all of them responded the same way. You see, they were, they were lepers. And that's very easy for us to hear that word and go, okay, they're lepers, and we don't have a context. Because leprosy, by and large, is not something we deal with in America. And, and worldwide, it's, it's less and less. But there are still pockets where this is a huge issue. Leprosy was a disease that it started to deteriorate parts of your skin. It started to deteriorate parts of your, your body where things were actually falling off, literally. That you would, it was flesh eating. It was, it was terrible. And... As far as they could tell, it was highly contagious. And so if someone was a leper, not only did they have to deal with this terrible disease, they also were forced to live in exile. They, they could only live in communities with other lepers. How exciting must that have been? You know, to, just to realize everyone around you is just in pain and agony. Everyone around you is separated from, I mean, we, we feel like all of the isolation we've had to go through over the last couple of years has been terrible. Can you imagine living like that day in and day out? And so that was their condition. But yet, they had heard whisperings that Jesus was in the area. And so they got their little leper colony together and they went out to try to see if he was really able to heal. And so that's where we find the story. We're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 17, and we're going to start reading in verse 11. Matter of fact, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Again, we're looking at Luke chapter 17, and we will be reading verses 11 through 19. And this is how it reads out of the New Living Translation. As Jesus continued toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Let me pray for us this morning. Jesus, I pray 
you would help us to be grateful followers. God, I pray that as we look into your word, we would see just how powerful thanks really is. And that you would give us both the wisdom to see it and the wisdom to apply it. That we could be people who are known as people who overflow with thanksgiving every day. God, I pray that as we spend time in your word, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate it to us. That you would change us, you would transform us. And you would help us to be the kind of followers you have called us to be. We love you and praise you, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Before you see it, why don't you wave to a person or two, let them know how excited you are to be worshiping with them. Maybe wish them a happy Thanksgiving. If you're online, send us a happy Thanksgiving. So, a couple of things that I want to pull out of this that I believe God would want us to see in this idea of Thanksgiving, and this idea of being thankful. The first thing that I want you to see in this is that all people need Jesus. All people need Jesus. Not just lepers, not just people who need something. All people need Jesus. I mean, when we look at these lepers, it, it was clear, right? Like they, they were in a terrible situation. They needed Jesus in a desperate way. I mean, as they were coming out, we see that they were there. They were coming out. They met him as he was leaving the village, and they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Their need was very evident. But I think their, their need only highlights the need of all of us. Through this series, I've been trying to help you understand that you don't have to believe in Jesus to see the power of thanks. I think we're seeing science prove this over and over again, that people who choose to be thankful, whether they are religious or not, it actually begins to change your neurochemistry. You actually become a different person when you choose to focus on positive things, when you choose to say thank you regularly. Like, this has been proven. And so I've been trying to help you understand this is, this is helpful whether or not you believe in Jesus. But I think it takes it to a different level when we recognize we need him. That you can say you can be thankful and have positive things happen without Jesus, but Jesus brings something different to the table than just a better brain. Jesus brings healing. Jesus brings meaning. Jesus brings things into our lives that all the positive thinking in the world will not provide for you. Beyond that, Jesus gives us a focus for us to put our devotion into. It gives us something for us to actually anchor our souls in as we come to him. I, I was, years ago, I was really struck by this professor he, he's a philosopher, and uh, he, he gave this amazing commencement speech. He's an agnostic. He didn't, you know, in his life, he said, I, I'm not sure if I believe in a God, but there might be one out there. 
But in this commencement speech that he gave to a bunch of college graduates, he said this, because he was trying to help them understand, you need to look for meaning somewhere. And he, he was being very careful not to tell them you need it in this or you need it in that. But I love what he says here. He says, there's something else that's true. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there's no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And that's where I say we need Jesus. Because he's saying, you're going to worship. That's not a choice. You can say you're an atheist, but you're still going to worship something. And it's going to pull itself out. Unfortunately, you can see he was overwhelmed by this because he ended up taking his own life. Because he could never find where he could find meaning. But, but he threw this out at college graduates saying, you need to find something. And then he goes on to admonish them to pick a spiritual avenue for this. He says, you need to turn to something higher than yourself if you really want meaning. Because he said, everything else will eat you alive. If you worship money or things, you will never have enough. If you worship your own body and beauty and allure, you will always feel ugly and insufficient. And you will die a million deaths as age and time takes its toll on your body. And you will die a thousand times before they ever plant you in the ground. If you worship power, you will always feel weak and afraid and need to exercise more power over more people to keep that fear at bay. If you worship intellect, the idea of looking smart, you will always feel stupid and a fraud and feel like you're just about to be found out. I'm here to say, we need Jesus. And and he goes on to say that the bad part about worshiping these other things is they're not sin. I disagree with that part. I think it is. But he says the worst part about worshiping things like this is that there are default settings. It goes on in the background without us even realizing it's happening. And that's why, to me, it's so important that we put Jesus in the front. That we recognize we all need him. Because otherwise, we will put other things in front. And and if we're not intentional about recognizing and acknowledging our need of him every day, we begin to think and we begin to worship and we begin to put our hope in other things, often in our own strength, in our own abilities, in our own lives. We all need Jesus. The other thing that I see here in this passage is that few people appreciate Jesus. That even though we all need him, few people actually appreciate him. And you can see this lived out in our world. But in this story specifically, we, we see that only one turned around. In verses 15 and 16, it says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! And he fell down at his feet, 
thanking him for what he had done. And then just kind of casually throws in, this man was a Samaritan. Now the interesting part about this is that not only was this man a leper, which would have made him an outcast, but he was a Samaritan, which would have made him even more of an outcast. Samaritans and Jews were not people who got along. But not only had Jesus healed him and removed his disgrace, he also invited him in knowing that this guy was a foreigner. And so this one man who was probably should have been the least grateful, the least connected with a Jewish Messiah, was the one who turned around and said thank you. And you can tell this kind of bothered Jesus. In verses 17 and 18, he said, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Kind of the tone there is, where are the others? I'm glad this guy came back, but how come nobody else did? And unfortunately, it paints the truth that this is the way most of us live. I mean, not all of you. You guys are amazing. I I know you are constantly going and saying thanks to God. I know all of you are, are just passionate about praising God. But when we look at the world around us, we recognize that even though all of us are borrowing the very air we breathe from the breath of God, few people stop to say thank you. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the Romans, acknowledged that this is our default. This is what we do. We are more likely not to worship him, not to thank him, than we are to thank him. In verse 21 of of chapter 1, Paul says, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And then they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Very clearly, Paul is saying that if we forget to say thanks, if we forget to worship God, number one, we step outside of God's will, and secondly, we are putting ourselves at risk of becoming dark and confused of becoming foolish and wrapped up in our own ideas of what God is like. We have to be people who are constantly going back to Jesus and saying thank you rather than being like the screaming kid in Target that we just expect more and we expect more and we don't appreciate what we've been given. We've got to be people who say thank you. And so we believe all people need Jesus. Few people appreciate Jesus. But the thing I really want you to get excited about this morning is that grateful people access Jesus. And when you're grateful, you get access to Jesus in a way that other people don't. When, when you choose to continually bring your praise to God, when you choose to continually say thank you, you're actually accessing a part of the divine nature that other people don't get access to. 
Again, there, there's just kind of a throwaway line at the very end of this. That if you read the story and, and you don't pay attention, it's really easy to miss. In verse 19, at the, after all of this has happened, Jesus looked at him. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Sounds great, right? But it's also a little confusing. Wasn't he already healed? It says he was healed on the way. So what is Jesus talking about here? It's, it's not like he had to be healed again, right? Well, maybe he did. Because when you look at that word healed, in the original Greek language, that word also means saved. And in the Jewish mindset, the idea of healing and saving were not easily separated. That's why when Jesus came on earth and he was healing people, people recognized the salvation of God had come. That's why I believe Jesus had such a profound healing ministry during his time on earth. Because he wanted to help people recognize that salvation had come through him, that the power of salvation was resident in his presence. And so I don't think he's as much saying, stand up, go, you've been healed. I think he's saying, stand up, go, your faith has saved you. He got a different blessing than the other nine because he was willing to say thank you. He got access to God's salvation power because he was grateful for what he had been given. And when you look through the New Testament, this happens over and over again. The woman who was healed of the issue of blood, she had already touched his garment, but after she touched his garment, Jesus turned around and says, your faith has healed you. Or, maybe more accurately, your faith has saved you. Over and over again, when Jesus is saying, your faith has healed you, oftentimes the person has already been healed. And he's really saying, your faith has saved you. Your faith has set you apart. Your faith has allowed you to see who I really am. And that's why you came to me to begin with. That's why you reached out for healing to begin with, because you saw something in me. And now you have access to it because of your faith, because of your gratitude, because you recognized I am a God who loves to heal. So, I'll put it at you one more time. Do you want to be greedy or do you want to be grateful? Because I think if you choose to be grateful, if you choose to be someone who says, I'm going to seek after God. I'm going to look for reasons to, to say thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to make up reasons to say thank you. Because I would rather err on being too thankful than being the kid screaming in the aisle. Right? And here's why I'm going to tell you. When you get together at, on Thanksgiving and you, you sit around and you eat your turkey you're going to find the people you're going to enjoy hanging out with more are the people who know how to say thank you. 
I mean, you're going to love your nieces and nephews who have their meltdowns too, right? But, but they're less enjoyable. If they haven't learned to say thank you, if they haven't learned to be grateful. And I'm looking around the room, I think all of us are old enough to have figured this out, even if we're not great at expressing it all the time. Let's be people who make this intentional. Let's be people who do it. And what I want you to see, I mean, I talked about how everyday Thanksgiving is God's will. And I shared at how Thanksgiving is something that comes from who God is. It's not something that happens because of a date on a calendar or because of our circumstances. That, that it should be something that we choose every day. But today, if you get nothing else out of this message, I want you to see that Thanksgiving pleases God's heart. I, I think that's a part of it that we so easily set aside, is that this is actually pleasing. Jesus was grateful one of them turned around. And he was disappointed in the ones that didn't. But it pleased his heart that somebody turned around and said thank you. And because of that, he gave an extra blessing. You please the heart of God when you become someone who says thank you. You please the heart of God when you learn to take the blessings he's given you and set aside time daily just to say, God, I'm so undeserving of all of this. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that postures you to be able to receive more. I think it, it, it positions you that as you are pleasing the heart of God, God is pleased to pour out more. We need to be those type of Christians. We need to be those type of people who recognize we need him, recognize few people appreciate him, but we're going to be the grateful people who access the best parts of life because we choose to look for them every day. And so, I want to continue to challenge you on our Thanksgiving challenge that you would make every day Thanksgiving. And again, I did a 21-day challenge, but I'm really hoping this is something you continue forward. That you don't just do it for 21 days. That if you haven't started yet, start today. Push it forward 20 days. If you started and then stopped, it's okay. There's grace. We love you. You, you can keep going forward. Put, put out the effort and, and, and start again. But there seems to be, again, science behind this, that if you do this continually, not just for 21 days, but 21 days will give you a good jump start to make this a habit. But if you do this continually, it actually changes you. And I believe when you do it focused towards God, it not only changes you physically, but it also changes you spiritually, emotionally. You become a more healthy, more grounded person. So, as part of this challenge, I want to challenge you to weekly write at least one thank you. If you're like me and you forgot to thank you, somebody for a great gift, get out the pen, get out a stamp, put it in the mail. And again, I think it's important that you write it down. And, and maybe, maybe it's something silly. Like last, last time I talked about how there was a Marine in front of George Bush who dropped the baton while he was supposed to be doing this presentation. And he, thank, he still thanked him for the great presentation. Maybe your thanksgiving needs to cover someone else's mistakes. 
Maybe, maybe you recognize that someone feels shamed or feels less than because of something that happened. Go out of your way to find something to praise them for. Go out of your way to say, I still appreciate you even though this happened. Again, I don't know what that could look like for you, but, or maybe you just need to thank Frito-Lays for pork rinds. I mean, I don't know. I, I still think that one's funny. I'll probably mention that next time too, but I don't know. So, but write a thank you note to somebody this week. And then daily, write down at least one thing that you're thankful for. And actually write it down on a piece of paper. I keep mentioning this, but I, I, I think it's so important. You change your focus when you actually write something down. More than just texting, more than typing on a keyboard, more than just thinking it out loud. You actually have to write it down. You engage so many different parts of your brain when you write down and you watch yourself write down something that you're thankful for. And then the bonus is that you would text us something that you're thankful for. And that will put you in another drawing for another free ticket to the movie coming up in a couple of weeks. And so if you text it into that number, River, and you filled out your digital connect card, you've got one entry. If you want a second entry for a free ticket, write down something that you're thankful for. And I've loved what I've gotten in over the last few weeks. I, I, I'm doing it partially selfishly. I want to hear the things that you're thankful for. I love that, you know, people are thanking me for their dogs. People are thanking me for their families. Somebody thanked me for a great green apple and pistachio recipe, which was amazing. And so, so I mean, I don't know what you're thankful for, and that's why I'm asking you. Text something in. I want to hear it. And you might want to take it to the movie that maybe you've already bought them. Hopefully you've already bought them. But you can give away to a friend. But let's be people who choose to do this. Let's be people who build these habits. Because there is power in this. There is power in thanks. And we want to be people who live in that. And so, as we prepare to sing one more song of worship, let's prepare our hearts. Let's choose to be people who are thankful. And I recognize there might be some of you here in this room, there might be some of you watching us on Facebook who you don't know Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to him, to be thankful, to recognize that you can have faith and you can be healed, you can be saved. And so let's, let's choose that posture of thanksgiving right now. Matter of fact, why don't, we, why don't we bow our heads, bow our hearts? Why don't we, even before the worship team gets up here, why, why don't we start thinking about things that we're thankful for? Start worshiping right now, right where you're at. Saying, thank you, God, for this. Thank you, God, for this person in my life. Thank you, God, for doing this wonderful thing for me this morning, this week. And, and while our heads are bowed and while our hearts are bowed, if you're here and you don't know Christ, Maybe you're online and you've not accepted Jesus or maybe you did a long time ago and you've, you've drifted away. You've refused to be thankful for the gift of salvation. And you're wanting to receive that fresh and new today. I want to encourage you to pray a simple prayer. You can use my words or you can use your own. 
You can say this out loud or you can say it in the quietness of your heart, but say something like this. Say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. And I thank you for that. God, I believe that you rose Jesus from the dead. And I thank you for that. I'm sorry for my sins, for my mistakes, for the ways that I've hurt you or that I've hurt others. Jesus, today, I choose to turn away from that life and I choose to follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Help me to live for Jesus every day. God, I thank you for my new life. You have all of mine. As I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, please come share that with one of us. We're going to ask all of you to go ahead and stand and we're going to have our prayer teams gather at different corners around the church. And if you need prayer for anything, come find one of these. Let them pray with you. But especially if you prayed to receive Christ, let one of them know. We want to make sure you get the resources you need to follow Jesus more closely. And if you did that online, reach out to us. Let us know. Have somebody contact the church so that we can connect with you. Send us a Facebook message or something. We want to make sure you have everything you need. And for the rest of us, let's be people who choose to be grateful. Let's be people who drop what we're doing. I mean, this leper was on the way to go present himself to the priest. But once he realized he was healed, he stopped and he turned around. Let's drop what we're doing and say a quick praise to God every time we see his goodness. And let's spend time daily looking through our lives, saying, God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. That we would be grateful and that we would see his goodness because he is worthy of it. He's worthy of all the praise we can give. He's worthy of every ounce of our gratitude. He's worthy of every breath that we could expel to praise him, to worship him. Let's live that way today and every day. Amen? Love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Look forward to seeing you guys next Sunday.